Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined as always by the kid, the legend, the god, Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic. That's right, Jay King, everyone, coming in with a gangster lean today as the NBA is back. We officially have some dates. The owners, the players' association agreed on uh, everything in the collective bargaining agreement. We're due for a wild week next week with the draft uh, happening on the 18th and then free agency starting on the 20th. Uh, We'll talk about uh, Danny Ainge, who had a press conference today to kind of talk about all these things and some fun tweets from my main man, Vinny Sexpants. But first, we got to talk about the NBA is actually coming back. And according to Shams Sharania today, who actually writes for The Athletic, uh, the NBA plans on having fans coming back uh, for the games, which is a bit of a wild card. Uh, Jay, what was your first reaction to, I guess, the league do, uh, like actually signing and coming back for the CBA and then uh, kind of the news that Shams reported today about the COVID protocols? I think this was all expected. Um, you know, the, the NBA is coming back very quickly and I, I they won't be able to have Full fans in every venue. There will be some states, I'm sure, that will really limit the fans, maybe not have any fans at all, especially if the COVID numbers in the country continue to go poorly. But devising some sort of protocol for that is has to be number one on the NBA's list right now, devising safe protocols. Because in the bubble, things were relatively easy. They were able to contain people in one place and not have visitors and it was pretty seamless now that they're transitioning to the outside world it could be a lot more troublesome to hold a season and and make sure that everyone stays healthy and 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 on the court um 
So I, I think there will be a lot more challenges this year than there were in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I was initially pretty skeptical of them coming back in the bubble, but they yeah, they pulled it off, um, and they did a much uh, a great job with that. And the thing is, they're just adding so many more uncontrollable variables. Uh, having teams come back uh, just in each of their stadiums, I know they're going to talk about limiting travel and only doing regional travel. Um, but just the fact of the matter is that players or people around the team are going to get the virus. We already saw the Knicks recently shut down their facility because someone got it there. You just see with like baseball and the NFL, um, like that's how it, the virus works. And the it, some pl- people are going to miss time. I guess the NFL they're, and baseball, they're able to keep going. Um, it's just interesting. It's not, I mean, I guess it's interesting, but it's not surprising that like they do have a plan in place for fans because that's how they make money. And that is the major reason why the this like NBA is coming back right now. Um, but as Shams reported, uh, 30 feet, 30 feet, no, 30 feet. Uh, that's the barrier around the court. If you get within 30 feet, you need to have a negative test two days prior to the game or a rapid test before the game. Uh, and then fans have to be socially distant and there's no food and beverage in that 30 foot zone. And there might be a plexiglass bench uh, behind the bench. But I don't know. I, I just don't know how it's going to look like. Will Marcus Smart slam someone into the boards if there Ooh. is a behind the bench? I would hope so, but uh, I don't know. Maybe only after a loss like uh, like he did in the locker room. But I don't know. It's going to be weird to see the, like, I don't know. I guess it's not that weird. We're used to seeing uh, professional sports played in front of no fans. Uh, it's, I guess it's just more bizarre kind of having that be in the TD garden, but I don't know. Every single, st- I saw one of those maps today where it was like the color code of uh, states trending in the positive direction. And there were 48 states were red and I think two states were yellow. So I don't think fans are happening anytime soon. Uh, it, like maybe later in the season, but it just seems kind of naive at this point to expect at least when they start in December 22nd to have, like a lot of people in that arena watching the game. Yeah, but I think like having fans in arena suites makes sense. Like if if restaurants indoor are still going to be open and it's it's not obviously the safest thing, but if they are going to be open, then arena suites make sense. Like it's it's no more um, risky, I, I would guess, than going and grabbing a bite to eat at Chili's or Applebee's. Or, or TJI Fridays, or TGI Ruby, Fridays. Ruby Tuesdays. I yeah. mean, you could f- f- friendlies, RIP. Yeah, but um, so, so something like that makes sense. But like I said, like the NBA has to be really smart about these protocol. And I mean, we've seen other sports have some trouble with with the virus and and kind of keeping it contained. And I do think it will be more far more of an issue than it was in Orlando, where like really. At some point, like you forgot there was the risk because the NBA handled that so well and the bubble went so seamlessly. So a lot of lot of variables this time. Also, of, what's crazy of, is the state by state difference. Like some places might not have uh, anyone allowed inside arenas, but then you see the Notre Dame Clemson game uh, in college football last Saturday and they stormed the field. And that was just like, they did storm the field. That was wild. That was absolutely wild. Like the Notre Dame coach was like, 
guys, if you win, I want you to get off the field because I know they're going to storm it. And yeah, no, it's a big like upset over number one, but it was basically just like a total COVID fiesta. I don't know if these like states are going to have it was outside. And that's the other thing about the NBA. It's it's inside. That was my thing is like, they're going to have different rules because it's like indoor arenas. Uh, you would assume so. But what if they like believe in their super great air filtration? There's just might be some states where like Florida, maybe magic games and heat games or te- like games in Texas will have fans. And does that create a, uh, advantage i have no idea it's kind of be i would hope that they didn't have full capacity fans and there's even the idea of just having people in suites is kind of weird just because at least in the td garden they're on like the kind of middle level there and just having no one in the lower bowl and just having like a couple people in the suites is i guess it's a it's an interesting experience but it's not like it's gonna uh impact the players at all yeah i mean we'll see we'll see we will see we absolutely will see because they are pushing forward entirely. And uh, the off season, which is normally like, what, a two month long uh, kind of endeavor is now basically all jammed into a week, a three week days. and a half, three, three days, basically. So, uh, yeah, we got the official dates. November 18th is the draft. November 20th, free agency starts. And Danny Ainge met with Celtics media today over Zoom. And I think it might have been one of the more cliche Danny Ainge press conferences uh, anyone's ever seen. Asked if he uh, is going to try to do any trades in the draft. He said, we're always looking to make deals, which, you know, he was absolutely going to say. He said he valued their guys. I don't know. Did anything interesting? I watched the top of his press conference. Um, I didn't think he said anything uh, that wild. Uh, except for one thing, but I want to get your impressions first. Uh, he was so Danny Ainge. It seems like every draft, every year before the draft, Ainge gives a press conference where he says, one, it would not be ideal to keep all of our picks. <laughs> Two, yeah. we are looking into all possibilities. Up and, until we select the person. Including trades up. Three, we like good deals, not just any deals. So there's a chance we won't do anything. And, I mean, he, he hit the full bingo card. He also said they're looking for talented guys, and, you know, shooting's yeah. good in this league, athleticism, defense, you know, all those, like, great things. He listed basically every skill you could possibly have as an NBA player. It was like, all those things come into play. So it, it was a classic KG Danny Ainge. Like just 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 a vintage press conference for for a pre-draft where he didn't commit to anything. I thought the two things he said that kind of mattered were one that Kemba Walker will have maintenance could have maintenance issues early next season, which I think we kind of anybody could have predicted that after the quick quick turnaround, and he obviously wasn't one hundred percent during the playoffs. Um, two, I thought it mattered that he said last year, Brad Stevens played small a lot because he had to, and his best players were almost all small. And Ainge said he'd rather have an option to go bigger and play bigger lineups. So are they looking for a four with size? I'm just 
just or maybe there. looking for more minutes from one of the guys they already have and uh, more Ooh, development. Little Grant, little Grant Williams action could be could that. Be, could be a little bit of Time Lord action. Now, uh, I thought that's something that was interesting that he mentioned was about talking about player options, and the options are actually going to come in between the draft and uh, the start of free agency, which is interesting uh, just from the perspective of we're in trade season, we're in fake trade season. Um, and for Gordon Hayward possibly being traded, it kind of uh, has a huge impact on whether or not those could happen. There's a lot of kind of Twitter speculation out there about the Hawks and the six pick, maybe doing a three team deal to get Drew Holiday. Um, people, our, our main man, John Corrales, speculated a trade where uh, the Celtics would get like the six pick. Uh, J.J. Redick and Hayward would go to the Pelicans and Drew Holiday to the Hawks in the 14th pick. Like one wild trade idea. Don't we can talk about that afterwards. But like you can't with the option coming after the draft. It's not like you can do a sign and trade with Gordon Hayward right now, because if he opts out, then he can't start free agency until the 20th. And so you can't do a, like a an extend and trade with Hayward that involves a draft pick. Am I reading the, the CBA correctly that with that? It, it would be totally unprecedented for teams to talk to players before free agency begins. That has never happened before <laughs> in the history of the NBA. Never. That, that is a valid point. I'm just saying if it's a locked, I guess Hayward would have to be like control the destination in, in that regard or have to be, uh, much more amenable. Well, obviously, if he's going to opt out and then sign a deal, he would have to be amenable for it. But yeah, I mean, if you think of last year, like Al Horford, when did he know where he was going? Like two weeks before, you know, and yeah, he knew he was leaving and going there. Kyrie knew in March of the previous season that he was probably going to Brooklyn, from what it sounds like. Um, so yeah, there are information is flowing. On all sides, let's just put it that way. So if there if there is some sort of possibility, then I assume all sides will have spoken to each other. I, I'm not making claims of tampering, but I I do. But, but it's just wild in terms of the like announcement of it because if that happened, Atlanta. So let's just say go with uh, Corrales's deal. Atlanta would have to make the pick on the 18th, but then they'd have to act like for two days that that's the guy they would have to pick for the Celtics, but an act for two days, like that's the guy they were legitimately going to draft because to avoid all the tampering, you couldn't announce the sign and trade until free agency. Correct. It's just a scam. I'm just trying to open the people's eyes to the NBA might be lying to you. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, there's been a lot of rumors about Atlanta moving. There's been a lot of rumors about everyone 
trying to move down in this draft and try to get more some value. The only team that appears to be wanting to move up is the Boston Celtics. Uh, John Hollinger came out with his latest mock draft today on The Athletic, and he basically said as much throughout that the, the Celtics are the major team looking to move up. Jay, what's your impression of uh, what they could do before the draft? And um, I don't know, what what do you think a likely trading partner could be? Or what do you think of all these rumors and scuttlebutt? There's more buzz. Evaluate the buzz for me. Yeah, it sounds like there could be some lottery picks up for grabs. And that's probably a very good thing for the Celtics because they don't want to take all four of their picks. They don't want to add four rookies to their team. They are certainly looking to move up. And if, if they fall in love with a prospect, then it, it would be really nice to have teams looking to trade down. Our, our guy John Hollinger wrote in his mock draft, lots of teams in the lottery are looking to trade down. The problem is that with the possible exception of Boston, nobody seems particularly excited about trading up. So it could be a good market for for the trade up that Danny Ainge wants to do or is looking into doing. Do uh, the Celtics have a guy? I mean, we heard today that like they worked out RJ Hampton. I think they only had eight individual like actual in person workouts. If you're moving up, are you moving up just for value, or do like Zarin and Ainge have a like a, a something up their sleeve? Like this is the steal of the draft. We're gonna we got to go get this guy. The last time they moved up in the drafts was when they moved up three spots from 16 to 13 and took Kelly Olenek. Ooh, so yeah, ace up the hole, ace in the sleeve. So it could be that they they think somebody will definitely be like a, a viable NBA player. And I, I think that was kind of how they viewed Olenek at the time. I remember Ainge at the time of that selection saying, we don't see Olenek becoming a go-to guy, but we think he'll become a good complimentary role player. And, and that's, that's pretty much hard. exactly what he is. Yeah, and, and he was that pretty early in his career. He's still that to this day. Um, so that was what happened the last time they moved up. Now, obviously, you can move up for a whole bunch of, of different reasons. But that makes sense with their roster. Like, they would be – I know you made fun of the phrase, like, NBA ready on our last pod, but – they would be more looking for a role player, not someone who necessarily has this kind of like high star potential, but someone who could come in and get some minutes and just be a solid player to begin with less of a project. That was another interesting thing Danny Ainge said today is that like all these draft picks are different. Not every guy is going to spend a year in the G League and then or like be a project. He made a point of saying that like some guys are more quote unquote NBA ready. And so it maybe there's a guy, not definitely not in the top three that I don't think they're looking to get, uh, but someone who they think is just a solid, a solid player, a contributor who can actually like help this team next season. Yeah, and that could be possible. I think there are definitely some wings that could be available later in the top ten that could pique their interest. Um, obviously, Killian Hayes has gotten some love from draft experts like Kevin O'Connor who has him either atop his draft board or somewhere close to it. Not everybody's that high on him. He, he may fall toward the end of the top 10. Um, Devin Vassell, Vassell, whatever the hell his name is, he's another one that could be like 10th pick, 11th pick, 9th pick, whatever. Uh, 3 and D guy reminds some people of uh, Bridges from the Suns. 
so there are guys like that. Patrick Williams seems to be a huge riser. That's uh, another name I've, I've been hearing more lately. I don't know why that is. Kind of hard for me to believe it, a guy who didn't start on his college team, but uh, has all the uh, intangibles of like being a kind of a, a solid player. I know people are saying he fits the, the Celtics mold. What do you think about that? Uh, he's a Greek god for sure. I think a lot of what he does is theoretical so far. So we'll see if he ever gets there. But he's, I mean, he's six eight, strong as hell, like fits fits the prototype of kind of what you'd want from an NBA forward physically. Uh, Hollinger says there's a rumor that he has a promise from the Pistons at the seven. So maybe they like you'd have to uh, move up ahead of that, which is you have to expend a lot of draft capital, which brings us back to that that sweet, sweet six pick, which is uh, just being bandied about, bandied about in many a rumor. The sweet, sweet six pick. One guy who I think kind of fits the Celtics mold is Isaac Okoro. Uh, I say that because they've gone after a lot of bros who have a lot of muscular strength. They, they tend I believe to draft, it's called a thick jack framed Jay is the official terminology. They, use. they tend to draft dudes who are physically ready. Okoro is physically ready. He's strong as hell. He competes. He has like a little bit to his offensive game, but still needs to add some skills, especially shooting. So, so Hollinger he, has him going 11 to the Spurs right now. And you're hearing a lot of more buzz and Twitter rumors about the Spurs are anxious, which I feel like you'd never really hear about the Spurs. So that's kind of hard. Picking up, by the way. Oh, it's, it's picking really up. It's going to be wild over the next uh, basically weekend and leading up to the draft. But I'm shocked but, we don't have any free agency signings reported yet. I feel like at this time last year, like like a a week before free agency. We were starting to learn where guys were going to go. We're having, yeah, having preliminary meetings. I don't like. Do you think it? It players have to know at this point. Like I've, like you mentioned earlier, they've been having conversations. Maybe they're just agents are uh, doing good enough not to leak it to uh, to certain guys. There's got to be a time when like the moratorium happens, um, and then we're just going to get a, a shams and woge off with just a bunch of deals. Uh, but there are some more rumors out there. Chris Paul has been granted permission to talk to the Suns. So maybe the Suns adding Chris Paul. It doesn't really change that much for the Celtics, but an interesting deal, uh, I don't know, just changes the kind of the complexion of the Western Conference. Do you think that does anything for the Phoenix? I mean, it, does that get them higher than a, a sixth seed and a, a first-round exit in the West? Maybe that's all you're looking for if you're the Suns at this point. But it, like, I don't know how much it eh, – Chris Paul's pretty good. I talked myself into it. Well, he's really good, first of all. Second of all, if you have him and Devin Booker, that is a backcourt that could at least help you challenge for a playoff spot in the West. And I know Chris Paul's contract isn't perfect, but what does he have? I think he has two years left, so it expires at a time when you could then chase another free agent to go with Devin Booker and pair with him and get even better at that point. So I think Chris Paul to come in and like give your franchise some respectability, kind of what he did with the Thunder, and turn Devin Booker around from big stats guy to you know someone who who's viewed as a winner around the league. 
then that that could be really helpful. And I mean, Chris Paul, you hear stories about how he can be grading for some teammates to play with, especially veteran teammates. I know he hasn't had the best relationship with with some of the bigger stars he's played with, but for a young guy looking at someone with with work habits and and all that, like bringing Chris Paul in can be a really really helpful thing. So that is that is an interesting rumor to me. I think the Suns would be pretty good if they got Chris Paul. I like I like some of their wings, you know, Bridges, Cam Johnson. Um, they've got DeAndre Ayton, who's pretty intriguing guy. Like they they have some pieces to be okay. So I, I, I like that move. I, I just look back at um, when we started to hear the free agency stuff last year. June 27th, it was pretty well known that Kemba Walker was going to sign with the Celtics. So that's with, four days before free agency. And the Celtics at that point like st- still had – Technically had Kyrie and Al Horford, but we already knew those. We guys. already, yeah, we already knew Horford was going to Philly. So yeah, so it, things are coming a little slower this year on the free agency front. I feel like I don't know. We're still a week away from the draft. We could have some uh, some things trickling out uh, over the weekend. Um, are there like the other? I guess rumored guy is. Well, I forgot my point on the Suns. Why break up a, a team that hasn't lost uh, since March? Oh, no, they only won eight in a row. They probably lost a game in the bubble. Damn it, I ruined my own joke. Moving on. No, they they, they won eight in a row. Oh, in, in the, the bubble, but then they never – yep. Damn it, I ruined my own joke by claiming I ruined my own joke. <laughs> that, just, was, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. And I've said a lot of dumb things, so that's impressive. Um, but the other rumor out there we talked about a little bit earlier was um, Drew Holiday moving for uh, – just trying to get out or – the. Uh, Pelicans trying to move Drew Holiday. I don't know his fit. He seems to make sense with the Nets. I don't know. What did you think of like the idea of uh, Corrales' crazy three-way deal with the uh, the Celtics getting Redick and the sixth pick, and Holiday going to Atlanta? Does Holiday fit with Trey Young? Does the the Celtics? Would they? I feel like the Pelicans would need more than just Gordon Hayward coming back if they're giving up JJ Redick and Drew Holiday. What did crazy Corrales throw out there? To the Pelicans, it was Hayward, the 26th pick. To Atlanta, it would be Drew Holiday, the 14th pick. And then the Celtics would get Redick, the 6th pick, and then some salary filler to uh, match that money going out on Hayward. Uh, I mean, Redick would be a good fit. It all comes – a lot of it comes down to, like, can you – do you feel like you have to move Hayward? Right. And and for whatever reason, whether it's because he wants to leave, whether it's because you don't think you can have that much money on the books moving forward for whatever reason. But like in this draft, the difference between six and 14 may not be crazy. And I, I just think there's an obvious downgrade from Hayward to Redick in both production and age. How old is JJ Redick right now? So, well, Redick is just basically like one role to come in and knock down threes off the bench and like kind of boost an offense, like and get some motion going. Obviously, he's not the same player that Hayward is. They think the question is, and I think it's a question for possibly now, but I like in it could be a trade that happens. 
if he opts in, I guess, during the season is in order to make the roster fit, do you ever trade Gordon Hayward for probably two guys who maybe a, a wing player and a big or just two guys who can kind of take that minutes? You downgrade, obviously, in talent, but your kind of roster works out more. Um because like that's what I think that's the only value you're going to get back for a Hayward trade. And if you know he's leaving after the year, then that, can, that might be something he's going to convey. Uh, there's certainly some incentive to trade him now, but they don't necessarily have to do it uh, right now. Uh, he could just opt in and they could kind of make that move uh, when teams kind of figure out where they are. I'm assuming the trade deadline still in February. Yeah, and another variable for the Celtics to think about is how close do they think they are to actually winning a title. And Ainge has said a, a couple of times that he thinks the Celtics, if they were healthy, could have really contended for a championship this past year. And if he does believe that, and he thinks with a little better injury luck, the Celtics would have a chance to win a title, it would be tough to break up that core, especially knowing that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are probably only going to get better. And so there, there are just a lot of things to think about. The Reddick, the Reddick fit would be interesting. It'd be he obviously gives very different things than Hayward does. One of the best shooters in the league. So it would be a different feel than than Hayward provides. And I don't know. So I mean, something like that. If if you do want to trade Hayward, would be at least moderately interesting. But. I still think it's going to be hard for the Celtics to match Hayward's production and and talent level if they do move him. Yeah, it's got to be like a roster fit thing. It, it's got to be like we want to play our best five guys um, on the like court at the same time. They basically, as Ainge mentioned in his press conference, had to play small earlier in the year. But we shall see. Uh, hopefully rumor season will continue to flurry. Uh, one of the final things I wanted to talk about was we got this report, I believe, from West Sport France, an interview with uh, Vincent Poyer, Vinny Sexpants. This translation is from Tom Westerholm via Google, but uh, Vinny said he spoke to Brad Stevens after the season about his role and, quote, I just told him that I will do a year like this, but not two. In my head, it's obvious that I'm not doing one more season at the end of a bench to applaud. So Vinny wants some minutes. Vinny want, is sick of uh, of just uh, cheering on his teammates. Uh, your reaction to kind of the Vinny sex pants demanding some action? First of all, I'm always hesitant to address Google, Google translations because they can be clunky. They're not always right. The the tone and the message with which he sent it could have been very different than what's the most generous interpretation of that quote. Um, that's a good question, but okay. So Poirier sits down with Brad Stevens and let's say the Google translation is right. And Poirier basically gives him an ultimatum like Brad, I need to play this year or else I did one year like that. I will not do another year like that. What do you think Brad Stevens' reaction was? Well, Vincent, uh, I'm glad you have a fire and I'm glad you appreciate that and want an opportunity to contribute, but these these roles are earned and uh, not given. And so if you put in the work and believe in yourself in the offseason, maybe we'll give you a chance. Okay, yeah, that's 
probably how kind of how Brad reacted. But I mean, a a, a different coach would have would have get been. out of my office would like, be Brad Stevens' anger translator. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Show me one goddamn thing, one goddamn reason to play you, and maybe I will. Um, maybe it was like a very aspirational quote where he was like, "Look, I'm going to improve in this offseason. I don't. I'm not going to languish on the bench anymore. I'm going to. I'm going to earn that role. I won't allow myself to be that bad again." Exactly. Vinny is just has a growth mindset, and he believes in his head. It's obvious he's not going to be on the bench anymore because he's going to earn that spot through all of his training in the off season. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I feel like it might've actually been the way you put it. <laughs> you, you went and like translated the rest of the French article. No, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, it doesn't make sense that, that Vincent Poirier is getting upset with his minutes or his playing time. He, I mean, as a competitor, you want to be on the court, but like nothing he did on the court would make him, you would think if he was at all self-aware, deserving of uh, additional minutes. Yeah. Poirier. I mean, he's got, he's got $2.8 million. That contract probably wasn't the greatest idea in Celtic. (laughs) It'd be it'd be nice to have that two point eight million freed and not be committed to that in luxury tax or whatever else. So uh, you're just gonna see he's gonna prove himself right. He's gonna he's prove a problem. People forget Vincent Poirier is a problem. <laughs> yeah, walking bucket. That's a, he's a rim runner. When Ains talked about how he wanted a guy to step in so they could play big, he meant Vinny. I mean, we saw Daniel Tice take a couple of years to kind of get his. Uh, Get his skills up when uh, playing a big in the league, coming over from Europe. Maybe Vinny next year is Vinny's year. That he might have just been telling Brad, you know what, Brad? This year I warmed the bench. Next year, I'm gonna fucking destroy. <laughs> I think that's the uh, the perfect place to I think that, that was a better Google translation. That was the perfect Google translation. And we are the perfect Google podcast or any podcast, anywhere you find podcasts. You go to Apple, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, give us five stars. Tell a friend. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to read Jay's work on The Athletic, go to theathletic.com. You can also sign up for The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash any, anything is potable. And you can sign up there. I believe it's still a dollar a month, which is absolutely absurd. But thank you guys for listening. We'll be back twice a week next week when it's going to be crazy, bro. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything is Potable. Dope. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.